Yeah, right? We love you. Thank you so much. Great job. So, what's happening, everybody? It's good to see you guys. You guys glad to be here? I am super happy to see you guys. We love you, and welcome to DV. We, we love you so much, and we're glad you guys are here. And, um, you know, I just want to tell you guys what we do here. We love to create a space for God to move in our lives. We love to create environments where a desire for following and growing in your relationship with God is encouraged, it's nurtured, it's celebrated, and it's attractive. And so well, how do we do that? We love by giving you guys tools, spaces. We do this on Sunday mornings. We have small groups as we talked about it because we believe, you know, that we believe in disciples making disciples. And we love creating a place where you can invite your friends to, where they can feel accepted, where they can feel valued, where they can feel like this is a place where I can belong in. This is DV, you guys. This is where you can invite your coworkers, your friends, your family, your neighbors to come and say, you got to check out the kids' church in the back, or you got to come and experience the beautiful presence of God, right? Can you guys say yes? The beautiful presence of God that is here every Sunday, God shows up, because we just believe if we give him the space and we move out of the way, he does something in our lives. He changes us. I experience change when I come here. I hope you do too, and I hope that experience that you feel will encourage you to invite your friends and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors and all those, your teals and your uncles and your grandmas, your tias and everybody to come on out and experience what you experience. This is a beautiful place, safe place. Can you guys say yes? All right, so I just wanted to just remind us what we do here. It's our vision. It's who we are. It's who we are. So we are in the middle of a series that we're calling Skills. And the reason why we're calling it skills is because <coughs> we are, as we go through life, we've experienced different personalities. And different personalities require a certain set of skills to be able to deal with them. And so today, this is what we're talking about. So if you have your Bibles, will you open them up to Matthew chapter 6? <coughs> Matthew chapter 6. If you have your physical Bible, or if you have an electronic, your phone, I got mine. If you got your tablet, whatever you have, you can actually find all of our verses, the title of our message, my message notes, all on your phone if you want. We actually, all you have to do is download an app, and we have an instructional video. It's all on digital form now that is coming up on the big screen behind me, and it's called the YouVersion app. If you download the YouVersion app on your phone, and then you go to the bottom right, after you've downloaded it, you click on more, another screen will come up, and it'll be a page where you're looking for the word events. Once you find that page events, you click on that, and you'll see, boom, Doral Vineyard Church, right at the top. There's a bunch of other churches, ignore those, but we're right at the top. Why? Because we're number one. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but yeah. So, and then all of our notes will come up right there, in that series. So I said Matthew chapter 6. It's actually Matthew 16. Sorry, but I just wanted to welcome everybody here. We also have these little cards in the seat pocket in front of you. By the way, when you came in today on your chair, I don't want to confuse you, but there was another card. It looked like this. And this is not for you. This is for you to give away to someone else that I was talking about earlier. Maybe you have somebody in mind. We have two weeks left of our series called Skills. And I don't know if it's touched you or not, but this has been a great series that folks, different folks have told me that it's been valuable for them. So this is for you to find someone, put it in your car, and when you have that conversation, 
at the gas station. You have that conversation in the grocery store. I'll be right back. I got something for you. Here, you should come check out this church. Oh, it doesn't really have our address or anything, so you might have to pull out like one of these that all of us should have in our pockets, right? It's our little invite cards where it gives you the address of our church and, and all that good stuff right there, right? You guys following me? Say yes, no, but it's been good. I, I think today is gonna be really good. Um, but yeah, so these are for that. And then, oh, this is for you to write down any notes. Maybe, you know, you don't want to write it on your phone. Maybe you want to keep it near you and you can refer back to it. So you have a little space here for you to do that as well. All right? So what are we talking about today? We're talking about skills. If you were here last week, uh, we talked about the different, that we, uh, there's different personalities that we encounter. And last week, we talked about the leech. You may remember the leech. The leech is the overly clingy, needy person that you may have in your life, that some of us have in our lives, and how do we deal with them? Today, we're going to talk about another group of people. Today, we're talking about the control freaks. That's who we're talking about today. So I just want to see by a show of hands, how many of you, just raise your hand, how many of you know someone that is a control freak? Just raise your hand, if you would. All right, I got two hands. Why don't you raise two hands? Can you just raise two hands if you know anyone that is a control freak? Just leave them up. I just want to see how long I can control you at this time. Um, I got a little bit of control, but I'm losing control really quickly. But I will let you know next week is going to be really good. We're going to talk about how to deal with the two-faced people. You know, the ones that say one thing but do something else. We're going to talk about those folks. And then the last week of our series, we're going to talk about how to deal with picky people. How do you deal with picky people? Um, you may know some. You might be a picky one. We're going to talk about how to deal with you, if that's you, all right? All right, so I, I um, wanted to start off today by telling you guys a joke, and you may have heard this one before. Uh, this is the joke about there was uh, this guy that went up to heaven, um, and there was these two lines. Have anybody heard? It's kind of an old joke, but anyways, there's these two lines, and uh, St. Peter is there at, at, in heaven, and there's these two lines. One has a sign that says, for, th- uh, uh, for, for men who are controlled by their wives, and underneath that sign, there's just a line of pe- men, one after another, as far as the eye can see. And then under this other sign it says for men who are not controlled by their wives and there's just one person uh, one guy under that sign and so st peter is kind of monitoring both you know lines and he goes over to the one with the one person the one that's that under the sign that says for men who are not controlled by their wives and he asks them so what are you doing here and the guy says I don't know. My wife just told me to shut up and stand in this line and not to ask any questions. (laughs) So we're talking about control freaks today. Um, So uh, we've got to recognize that this has been a problem since the beginning. Actually, the Bible is full of example after example of people who try to control other people. I'm going to give you two examples. The first one is between these two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the younger brother, and Esau is the older brother. And Esau is the hunter at this time. And so he went out one day to go hunt, kill a moose, a deer, I don't know, something. And he comes back famished. And what's his younger brother doing? He's in the kitchen, and he's making this really good-smelling beef 
stew. And his older brother Esau comes, I'm hungry, I'm dying of hunger, give me something to eat. And Jacob is like, oh, do you want some of this nice, sweet, fresh carrot mm, smelling stew? And he's like, yes, I'm going to die if I don't have something to eat. He's like, oh, you want this? Okay, well, I'll give it to you if you give me your birthright. And Esau, the older brother who was in line to get the birthright, is like, what? What are you talking about? Just give me some food. And Jacob is like, you got to give me your birthright. And so Jacob cornered his older brother into giving him his birthright. That's one example of him being manipulative and controlling his older brother, mind you, to give him what he wanted. We, another example, uh, there's a bunch of them, but I'll give you one more, uh, is the, the example in the Bible about Delilah. You remember that? Last month, we talked about this whole series called Show Your Strength. We talked about Samson and Delilah. You might know the story where Delilah manipulates and controls Samson. She's trying to get him to reveal the secret of her of his strength and he's like no 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 but day after day she tries and pulls the strings of his heart and finally one day he reveals the secret it's my hair and to his demise he releases his secret to delilah and actually that's what causes samson eventual his death and so manipulation control control freaks you know it happens all over. And maybe you know someone at work that is like this. I'm sure you do. If you ever seen the TV show The Office, um, there is a guy with the character, Andy Bernard is the guy's name, is the character. And in this show, this character, he's all about kissing up, kissing up to try to get his way. Maybe you have somebody in your, in your job that is like that, that uses like, you know, tries to kiss up, uses that tactic. Because control freaks, they have like three different tactics that they use to try to control people. Well, mostly three. They might have others, but mostly three. I'm going to give you three. Number one is they'll use like flattery. And that guy, Andy Bernard, he would do that with his boss. He would be like, oh, sir, you did a great job on your presentation. Can I have next week off? I mean, his whole goal was to be like the manager or the assistant manager of the office. And so he would do all this kiss up. And maybe you have somebody like that in your office where that person, oh, you look like you're losing, I like your hair. But what they're doing is they're using flattery to try to get, manipulate you to get what they want. You might know someone, yes, no, maybe, some of you know someone that is like that. Or it's the one who, um, another tactic is the, with control freaks and manipulators are the ones who use threats. Hey, if you do that, you're gonna regret it. it don't you do that because I'm telling you, you're, you're not, it, you're gonna regret it. I promise you, you're gonna regret it. Or, you know what, I'm gonna hang up right now and we're, we're just not gonna be friends anymore. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not gonna call you. I'm not gonna call you on your birthday, all right? I'm not gonna go to your birthday party because, you know, you just, you didn't do that for me. Or it's, you know, I, I thought I could count on you, but obviously I can't count on you. So, you know, I thought we were tight, but I thought I was somebody, you know, I could depend on, but, you know, and you call yourself a person of faith, right? This is a tactic that they use. They use threats to try to manipulate and control you. And so there's threat after threat after threat. Or maybe it's, 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 they're saying, you know, if you don't do this, then you're not gonna get that. Whatever that situation is, you can use your imagination. Another tactic is guilt. They'll use guilt on you to try to manipulate and control you, you know? After all I've done for you, 
You call yourself a follower of Jesus and you can't even do this? I thought you were a Christian, all right? Oh, I see how it is. Okay, okay. You just, just go on without me. Don't wait for me, all right? I'll just stay right here all by myself. I'll be right here for the rest of my life. I won't be here. And, and I'll probably won't even eat for a week because you didn't do this. Whatever it is, right? Maybe you know someone like this. Maybe it's a mother, you know, a mom might make you feel guilty or your kids might make you feel guilty or a dad might make you feel guilty. You know, if you loved me, then you really would, but obviously you don't love me, so it's guilt, right? It's a tactic. And so through bribery and through threats and through guilt, a lot of people who otherwise are pretty decent people, right, work their way in and some, sometimes knowingly or even unknowingly, will grab the strings of your life and start making you feel, start leading you to, to, to do a dance that you never wanted to do. So what do we do? What do we do when we recognize that someone is trying to control or manipulate us? What, 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 what do we need? What are the skills that we need? How do we break the power of manipulation in our lives or control in our lives? And so what I wanna do again is offer you, like we did last week, three prayers that I believe if we can develop these three prayers in our lives, it's going to be the skills we need to deal with those people who are control freaks, who want to just try to impose their own will and do what they may think is right for your life, even though it may not be what God may be inviting you into. And so we need wisdom, right? We need wisdom in these situations to know the difference between what God is asking us to do and what other people are trying to get us to do. So number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Number one, the first prayer is I want to pray, God, help me to recognize when someone is trying to manipulate me. God, help me to recognize when someone is trying to, to, to manipulate me. And you know, if we're honest, so many of us are probably in, you know, we've been in these relationships with other people that we've been controlled or, or, or manipulated for so long. It's so dysfunction, the relationship, so dysfunctional, we don't even realize it, recognize that we're in dysfunction. We've got others that just play us and we just play along. We don't even recognize it. It's just this very slow dance that they make us dance that we're like, whoa, I, I never wanted to, but I guess I'm dancing this way because you really want me to. And so I can only imagine, you know, this is really interesting because um, there's a story in the Bible about this in Matthew chapter 16. It's very interesting to me um, how Jesus is in a place where he's opening himself up. He's being very vulnerable to his disciples and he's, he's sharing his life with them. He's telling him, look, this is the deal. He tells him the cause, the mission for which he came. This is why I came. I'm gonna give my life up and I'm gonna be arrested and they're gonna beat the tar out of me, okay? I'm gonna die. And as soon as he says that, you know, he says, but I'm gonna come back to life again. And as soon as he says that, a friend of his, really close friend, jumps in. And let's read the story here in Matthew 16, verse 21 and 22. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Here we go. So verse 22. Watch as Peter, a close friend, jumps in. He tries to take control of the situation. Why? Why does he do this? 
Say it aloud. Everybody, read, read verse 22 with me, starting with the word Peter. Ready? One, two, three. Peter took him aside. Okay, stop right there. Why did Peter take him aside? Because people who are control freaks, people who are manipulative, they realize that they have no power when we are in groups. And so they pull you aside just to talk one-on-one with you. And so Peter, that's what he does. He pulls Jesus aside, and look what he does. He takes him aside, and he isolates him, and he began to rebuke him. Can you believe that? Peter, rebuking Jesus, he rebukes him, and he says, never, Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that we all have to acknowledge that there are those who are very intentional manipulators. They do it on purpose. They know they're doing it, and they do it on purpose. It may be, you know, the abusive husband, the abusive husband who, who uses power and threats to control his wife. It may be the wife who withholds something from her husband to manipulate and control him. It may be the bully who threatens, you know, the younger, the smaller kids at school. But so often, perhaps, the most common form of manipulation isn't from someone who dislikes you. It's actually from somebody who really likes you, maybe even loves you, and it simply wants what they believe is the best for you, the best for us. And so that's what, that was the case here for Peter. And here is Peter, and he was like, hey Jesus, I love you. I don't want you to die. No, don't die, Peter. This is not for you. And if you really think about it, Peter, in his good intentions, was trying to stand between, here's Peter, he's trying to stand between Jesus and what God wants him to do. See the cross over there? I'm pointing to the cross. Jesus is on his way to the cross, and Peter's like, no, no, I don't want you to die, Peter. I don't want you to die, Jesus. He's trying to stand in between what Je- who Jesus is and what he's called to do in his life. I don't want you to go. That's what Jesus, this is what Peter says, right? No, no, we, we got, you know, uh, we, we have to be very prayerful and recognize that there are times when someone who loves us is like, no, 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 don't do that. That's not good, don't, don't do that. You, you don't wanna do that with your life. Oh no, you can do something, but you can do so much better, right? Oh no, that wouldn't be the right thing. And that person, even in their good intentions, may be standing between you and where God wants you to be. And so how do you recognize when someone is trying to manipulate or control you? Here's just a couple things. If you're taking notes, we're gonna write down. I would encourage you to write down. What I found in working with people throughout the years is that you feel often guilty and you find it hard to say no. You feel guilty when someone's trying to manipulate you and you find it hard to say no. Some of you, if you look at someone in your life, your your desire to please them, to do what they want, is often born out of guilt or this belief that you're the only one that can solve their problems. And if you ever say no, God help you. No, no, I can't. I won't. I won't, not anymore. And you feel guilty like you're letting them down because you feel ultimately responsible for them. And this could be the the case where someone is pulling your strings and making you dance to the wrong tune. So the second, the first one is what? that they make you feel guilty and that you find it hard to say no. Number two is that you compromise your values to please others. You compromise your values to please others. You may be that sweet girl that's dating the guy, right? And the guy is like, if you love me, then you will do this with me. You'll sleep with me. 
And the girl's like, no, we're not married. We don't do this. I do love you, but you got to respect me. And he's like, oh, okay. But then he keeps asking, sort of like what Delilah was doing with Samson, right? He keeps asking, oh, but if you, lo- you say you love me, then show me. Well, I do love you. And then finally, he starts to try to manipulate and control. He says, well, if you won't, there is a whole bunch of other, I could think about a hundred others that would say yes, so, and they use that. They use that tactic of compromise your values to please, and so, you know, or it could be your friends who are like, oh, come on, let's just come to this party, this club, you know, and, and just come, it's okay, you know, and you're like, man, I remember the last time I went to the club, it was not a good thing for me, and they're like, oh, now you're Christian, you're Mrs. Goody, or Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, now you can't do anything, you're like, no, no, I just remember the last day, oh, okay, well, then forget it then, you're not our friend, and they'll use whatever they can to help, come on, just, just, they'll do whatever they can to help you compromise your values, right? I remember when I was with some friends uh, some years ago, Actually, no, it was just a couple summers ago. I was with some friends, and we were in a river. And we were, we were in this river, um, trekking on this river, hiking on this river. And we got to a place where it was kind of high. And a lot of my friends, they started climbing this cliff. And they were jumping off the cliff. And they were having fun, and I'm watching them like, you guys are so dumb, I can't believe it, you're doing that, it's so risky, you're gonna get hurt, and I am afraid of heights in case you don't know, and I'm afraid of heights, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that, and all of a sudden, after so many times of them jumping, having good times, flipping, all this stuff, they're like, come on, you can do it, and I'm like, no, they, I, I don't need to, I don't have anything to prove, I've got, I've got, no, I'm afraid of heights too, and that looks scary, and I know it doesn't look that high from here, but once you get up there, no, come on, and they kept on, they started chanting my name, come on, come on, come on, and guess what, I did it, I jumped off the, ru- the, the cliff, and um, I get in the water, and after I'm thinking, why did I do that? Why did I, it wasn't that far. I never wanted to do it in the first place. And yes, I'm fine. Thank God all my limbs are still on. But why did I even do it? It was because they were peer pressuring me to do it. And I did it. And I didn't want to. And so, you know, that's an example of how that happens. You know, and God, and God the prayer is help us to know. Help us to know when someone else is manipulating because that could be standing in the middle of what God wants us to do from us and what God wants us to do. Can you guys say yes? God, help us to know. Help us to know when someone else is manipulating because they could be standing in the middle of us and what God wants us to do. So look, here's the thing. Somebody is gonna back you into a corner just like Jacob did with Esau. He's gonna back him into a corner and they're gonna try to take control and they're gonna try to lead. And when you've got to, what we've got to do is we, we've been allowing them to do that for so long in our lives that we just gotta say, you know what? I gotta teach you a new song today. Time out. I gotta teach you a new, you, you want me to dance to that song? But that's not my song. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm just not gonna do, I'm not gonna be backed up into this corner anymore. I know you used to do that and you had a good time, but I never did. And so, you know, I've known this for so long. It was really this unhealthy relationship that I have. And so what you need to understand, whoever's trying to manipulate, what you need to understand is because I love you and because I love what God wants to do through me, we're gonna do things a little bit differently. And we're not gonna do it that way. I believe as we pray this prayer, God is gonna help develop the skill in us to be able to recognize and deal with control freaks. Can somebody say yes? So number one, the first prayer is, God, help me to recognize when someone is trying to manipulate me. 
The second prayer is this. If we're gonna pray, we're gonna pray this very simple prayer. Number two is God, empower me. God, empower me and give me the courage, the will, the resolve to put healthy boundaries in place. Give me the courage, give me the resolve to put healthy boundaries in place. Look, we're not gonna like be a jerk about it, right? We're gonna be, we're, we're just gonna simply redefine the relationship, right? Uh, I'm just gonna put a boundary here in this place. Here are the new rules, and this is, man, you, you can't put, uh, you know, a bigger boundary than what Jesus did with Peter. I love the story here in verse 23, right? Peter's like, no, you can't die. Look at the verse. Jesus turned to Peter, and what did he say, you guys? What did he say? Help me out. He said, get behind me, Satan. Talk about a boundary. Talk about a boundary, okay? Get behind me, Satan. You know why? He said to Peter, I'm gonna tell you why, because you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And so here's what you do. Whenever your grandma is trying to tell you what to do, all you gotta do is tell her, just call her Satan. Just call her Satan, all right? Just say, Satan! Just kidding, just kidding, don't do that, okay? But what you do need to understand is someone else can be actually a stumbling block for you and they're leading you to do something that doesn't help them, and actually it hurts you, and you just redefine the relationship. Your kids are throwing a fit at the store because you won't get them that candy. What do you do? You're like, look, you can flop on the floor like a dead fish, like a dying fish, all you want, but you're not gonna get that candy. Oh, and they keep flapping. Okay, fine, keep flapping, and then when we get home, we're gonna talk about how you're not gonna have candy for a month. We're not gonna do this anymore. We're just not gonna bend to what you want us to do, right? You can threaten me, you can do all of this, but I've changed my mind, and I'm doing things a little bit differently now, and you're no longer in control. You can say to a friend, listen, you can pout, you can hang up the phone, you can threaten, you can walk away, and I want you to know that I'm still going to love you. But that's not gonna work on me anymore. We're gonna change the station. We're gonna dance to a different song. We can both listen to, we can both dance to. You can say to the person who's always threatening you, well, you're gonna lose your job. You know, the one that says that. You're, if you do that, you're gonna lose your job. And you can say, you know what? Well then, Go ahead and tell them. If you think I'm gonna lose my job, go ahead, follow through with your threats because I'm not gonna give in to what you want me to do anymore. That's not biblical love and this is not mutual submission. This is not gonna work on me. You wanna threaten? Go ahead and follow through with your threats, all right? And you just redefine. You take back the power in a loving way and you say, you know what? I'm not gonna let you control me in that way. I'm gonna give you an example. This is really kind of personal for me and I kind of debated, actually really debated all this week about whether or not I should share this um, because it's, it's really personal and um, it's about my mom and I never wanna portray my mom in a negative, uh, in a dark light. And so my, and many of you don't know, my mom passed away 20 years ago and so she died of cancer. Uh, it was when I was finishing up seminary. I was... Um, 
finishing up seminary, and then I got the news right around at the, at the perfect time, right when everything was due in school, and then I had finals, is when I got the news, this death sentence about my mom, and I flew home, and came back, and, and all this stuff, and, and so I remember uh, that I got to spend some really good time with her, my mom, um, but anyway, I'm telling you this story because I prayed about it, and I felt like I should, um, and so I remember I spent some time with my mom, and we were having these conversations, right, I was having these conversations with my mom because it's different. She knows she's about to pass. I know she's about to pass. And she was worried about me because I'm in my early 20s and I'm not married. And she's like, I'm about to go and you need a woman in your life. And I'm like, yes, you're right, I do. And she's like, what about this one? And I'm like, no. And she's like, what about this one? And I'm like, no. And then she's like, oh, what about this one? And I'm like, that one? Isn't she like, family? I mean, all my life, you told me, like, we were cousins, right? Like, what, what, and she's like, oh, she's like your third or fourth cousin. You told me you went to Kentucky and Arkansas. They do that over there. It's okay. You can do that, you know, and I'm like, okay, um, no, I'm sorry. I can't see her beyond what, and she's like, no, I'm telling you, she's the one. That's what my mom said. She's the one, and I'm like, I do not think so, and she's like, no, she's the one. I want you to go out with her, and I'm like, Mom, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling that. She's like, no, I'm telling you. She's trying to, so I'm spending time with her, and one day she asked, oh, I got all these errands. Can you run these errands for me? Sure, Mom. And so I give her a kiss in the morning, and I leave, and I come back from running the errands, and by this time, my mom is so sick, she's bedridden, and she is the, 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 the master bedroom. Uh, she's no longer there. She, we actually converted the living room into our master, uh, to the bedroom because we had a lot of guests that would come in and out. So I come in in the afternoon, and lo and behold, who do I see but help me out? Who do you think I saw? The co- yeah, you know, right? So I see my cousin with my mom standing and talking. My mom's on, laying on the bed, and my mom, uh, op- I open the door to the master. I'm kind of, you know, moving in the living room, open the door, and she sees me and her face lightens up, which I still remember. I love that face. You know, she sees me and I lighten up as well. And I go in, come in and sit down here on this side of the bed. And so I sit down on that side of the bed. And, you know, my mom starts giving me, like, her resume, right? Like, every, oh, did you know this? And did you know this? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good, mom. That's, that's great. And then she starts giving her my resume. Ah, dude, you just went to here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great, great. She's like, you know what? We should just pray. I'm like, okay, yeah, why don't we pray, Mom? So she grabs my hand, and she grabs my cousin's hand, right? And she starts, uh, she goes, you pray, you pray. And I'm like, okay, I'll pray. And so I start praying, and slowly but surely, she puts, you know, she like closes her eyes, and she puts my cousin's hand on her stomach, and then she grabs my hand and puts it on on her stomach as well. And I'm praying, and then I knew, you know, I kind of felt like boom, boom. I'm like, oh. Uh, praying, and, and then I say amen, and my mom keeps her eyes closed, because she was kind of in and out at that time, so I, you know, she said she went to sleep, I didn't, you know, buy it, but I'm like, oh, nice, you know, really awkward moment, I'm talking to my cousin, and I'm like, yeah, um, so it's just us now talking, and my mom is over here sleeping, supposedly, and so we, we, we keep talking, and finally, I start going like, you know, yank my hand out, and I'm like, you know, it's really nice. I, I, I gotta step out for a second, and I leave, and I, and you know my cousin leaves, and 
I come back, and my mom's like, why'd you do that? I'm like, why did you do that? You know, <laughs> what are you talking about, you know? She's like, you're trying to force me, control me. I'm like, no, mom, I'm sorry. Look, at this time, Marie, I point over here, because this is where Marie normally sits. She's in the back serving in the kids' church, uh, but she was nowhere in the picture, and, and so I had no other alternative, and so my mom's like trying to help me out, right? And I'm like, no, sorry, I love you, but no, this, she's my cousin. I just couldn't get past that. Anyway, so I, I share that to say that I believe with all my heart. I know that's a funny story, but there is, there, I believe some of us are in a situation that's standing between you and what God wants in your life. And it may be a person. It may be a person who really loves you, but they're trying to impose their will on you, not God's will. And they have, you know, good intentions, really good intentions. Like my mom or like Peter, right? Peter's like, no, Jesus, you can't die yet. You can't, you know, because I've got, you know, (laughs) yeah, he's like, you can't die yet, you know? And so um, I want to share this because, you know, people will have good intentions. They'll they'll have good intentions, but we have to say, you know what? I'm not going to let you control me because I want to be under the power of God and not someone else. And so why is this so important? Listen to this, because if you let someone else control you, you are committing the sin of idolatry. If you let someone else control you, you are committing the sin of idolatry. You're putting someone else above the sovereign God and allowing a person perhaps to misdirect you from what God really wants for your life. So God Help me to recognize when someone is trying to manipulate me. God, empower me to put healthy boundaries in place to redefine this relationship. And number three, the third prayer to develop our skill is is this. And I think this one, to me, this is where I want to land today. And to me, this is the most important one, the most important skill in our whole time together. And that is this, this prayer that I pray. And I pray today that you will own this prayer and that you will live it, and that you will take it before God. Number three is this one. God, help me see my own need to control and surrender everything to you. God, help me to see my own need to control and manipulate and surrender everything to you. And you know why we're talking about this today? We're talking about, when we're talking about stuff like this, it's so easy to think about the other but I want us to zero in on us. I want us to zero in on us. And we have to remember all the time, every day, that in one way or another, we all are like this. And I can't speak on behalf of you, but I can tell you about me, all right? And that is, I have a deep and ungodly desire to control everything. I mean, I, I could just put it to you this way. Look, God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for you, right? I, I mean, I do this in my marriage. I, it's true. I, I want Marie to do what I wanted her to do. I want my children to do what I want them to do. I, I want my time. I, I want our church to do what I want my church to do, right? I, I want it to go my way, my schedule. I want my, fan, my finances to do what I want them to do. If something breaks, then I'm like, no, I don't want that. And the bottom line is that there are two reasons why I like to be in control. Number one is because I'm afraid 
of surrendering to someone or something else. I'm afraid of surrendering to someone or something else. Number two is that deep down inside, and I hate this, but if I'm just gut level honest with you, it's that I believe I make a better God than God. I want to be in control. And if you want to be in control, chances are pretty good it's because you're afraid of letting go. And you believe you make a better God than God. And guess what? I don't make a good God. And you don't make a good God. You know why? Because we're not that powerful. We're, we're, we're not that powerful. We don't have, and we don't see the whole picture. And yet we try to control and manipulate, and we will never have the relationship that God wants for our lives because we are trying to do this rather than, you know, we're, we're trying to use our power in an ungodly way rather than mutual submission. Now, there's a difference between leading well, right? There's a difference between manipulating, controlling versus leading well. I should lead my children, not control them not manipulate them. And I've had to come to a place where, and, and this has been a real big point of spiritual development in my life, especially in the last three years, and those that are close to me can tell you that I've, I, I've tried really hard to take and name those things that I wanna control and say, God, I wanna control this, this, and this. Okay, God, here you go. This is for you. I can't control these. They're yours. By faith, I give them to you, and, and they're yours anyway, but I'm just realizing and saying, you know, I'm just saying I'm taking it out of my hands and giving it to you. God, I give you this church because this church is not mine. It's yours, and I can't do anything with it. You can do so much more with it than I can. I give you my family, God. Oh, dear God, I've got two little ones in elementary school. I need help, you know, and here you go, God. I've got, you know, my schedule that's so insane and out of control. How can I get it to do? God, I trust you to be enough in me. I trust you, God, to be enough, and I don't know what it is for you today, but I can guarantee, I can guarantee you that there are those of you here that are, that are control freaks, and you're trying to control someone else, and you've got your thumb down either on your kids, you're not leading them, you're controlling them, and they resent you, and they want out, and if you've got a marriage, maybe it's your marriage, you're trying to control that, you're passively, aggressively, jab, you know, with jabs, and threats, and fears, and listen, you'll never have what God wants in your life, you'll never have it, or it could be even your health, you know, where you're like, listen, you know, God is God, I, I want my health to, to, I've got, my health has got to do this, God, if it, 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 and if God doesn't do this, I don't know what's going to happen, we just have to remember that God is God, and he's going to be glorified through whatever he chooses to do, and so you take that, what you want to control, that which, what you want to control, and, and the one you're going to say, no, I'm going to give it to God, you might have a death grip on it, and you just say, God, you know what, this isn't mine, God, it's all been yours since the very beginning of time. And I, by faith, I open up and I surrender to you. And here's what the scripture says, and I love this. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse three and four, it says, you will keep in perfect peace. I don't know a lot of people in perfect peace. I know a lot of people in perfect anxiety. I know a lot of people in perfect fear. I know a lot of people in perfect stress. I don't know a lot of people in perfect peace. But it says here, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, God. All whose thoughts are fixed 
on you. See, what I'm trying to control, my thoughts are fixed on what I can do, not on what God can do. And so verse four says, trust in the Lord. How often, everybody, trust in the Lord what? Always. Can you say that again? Always. One more time. Always. Why? For the Lord God is the eternal rock. Trust in the Lord when, you guys? I can't hear you. One more time. Even when you don't understand, you're going to trust in the Lord, right? Even when you don't understand, you're going to trust in the Lord when your marriage isn't where you want it to be. When are you going to trust in the Lord, you guys? You're going to trust in the Lord when you'd rather take control of your finances and do it your way instead of God's way. You're going to trust in the Lord. When you get a report from your doctor that you don't like, you're going to trust in the Lord. When your kids are going in a direction that you don't want them to go in, you're going to trust in the Lord. Why? Because he is your eternal rock. If you try to control it, I can promise you, you're going to get something less than God's best. Because you and I, we don't make good gods. We don't. We, we have one good God, and that is him. Rather than trying to manipulate and control everything that we wanted, we come under the truth of his word when we surrender to him and we trust in him to bring about his perfect will. Can you guys say yes? Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you today? God, I pray that your spirit right now would help us God, help us to recognize when we are control freaks. And the truth of the matter is, we're trying to control. But ultimately, God, it's you that are in control. We're trying to control something that belongs to you. And so as you're praying, some of you, you've got a relationship, but there's tension. And someone else has control. And you've got to redefine it. You know it. You know that someone else has control. You gotta redefine this relationship. And so I wanna pray for you today. If that's you, would you just lift up your hands with me right now? There's some power struggle. Someone else is controlling and manipulating you. Would you just lift up your hands right now? I wanna pray for you. I see that hand. You could put it down. I see that hand. You could put it down. I see that hand. You could put it down. Hand back there. You can put it down. Anyone else? I want to pray for you today. Others of you, you recognize that you're trying to control. You're the one trying to control. You're trying to hang on. You're white-knuckling something. You won't let it go, and you are one of those people hanging on and trying to maintain control and manipulating today. But today, you say, no, 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 but you want to give that something to God. And so if that's you, would you just lift up your hand right now? I want to pray for you. See that hand. You can put it down. Anyone else? I see that hand in the back. God bless you. You can put it down. Someone else? I want to pray for you today. Anyone else before I pray? All right, we're going to pray right now. God, I thank you for the honesty of your people in this house today who want to honor you, God. And so first, for those in dysfunctional relationships, God, I pray that we would recognize when we've given power in an unhealthy way to a person who should not be controlling us. God, show us that. And then, God, I pray that you would give us courage 
and strength because God, I know for so many, we've been beaten down so long and we don't even know what's healthy. And God, I pray that through discussions, maybe in our small groups that we're kicking off this fall, through an openness to your word, through times of prayer, even like we're doing right now, that your children would have the courage to redefine an unhealthy relationship, to enforce a new boundary, to change the direction, to get out of the corner. And God, I know that there are all sorts of complications that go with this. And I know that it can get a lot messier and sometimes it never gets exactly to where we want it to be. But God, I pray that we wouldn't let any person stand between us and what you want to do. God, give us the wisdom and the courage to do what's right. And so now, God, I pray for those who are holding on to something, for someone who is really hurting right now and wanting their will and their way. God, I hope that we could be like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, that when he sweat drops of blood before you and he said, God, if there's any other way, I'd love to do it that way. But nevertheless, God, I trust you, not my will, not my plans, not my desires, not what I want, God, but your will be done. God, give us the courage. Give us the faith, God. I pray that our thoughts would be fixed on you, that, God, we would trust you. God, I pray that even in this moment, for some today that are holding on to something that they should give to you, God, I pray that at this moment, right now, in your presence, that there would be a spiritual breakthrough. God, that by faith they would, they, they would hand this to you and never take it back and trust you, oh God. Trust you, God, because we know that you're good. God, you're working in all things to bring about good to those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. And we surrender. We surrender and trust this to you now, God. And so as you're praying today, I want to encourage you, just give it a name, whatever it is. It might be a child, a friend, a spouse, a parent, a condition, a situation, a fear. Just give it a name and say, God, I trust you with this and just tell them what it is just under your breath just say god i trust you with this and god we thank you that we'll be kept in perfect peace as we trust in you and as you keep praying today man i've got some great news for you i've got some amazing news there are those of you here today that god brought you here today for the ultimate surrender the ultimate surrender above anything else. And the tragedy today is that there's so many people who never fully surrender their heart, their lives, their past, their present, their future to the only one who can really make a difference, the only one who cares, to the God, the creator of the universe. And the problem is, and I just want to be very blunt, a lot of us, we try to manipulate God. We say to God, hey God, I went to church we're good, right? Like you and me, we're good now, right? Hey God, I did some good works for somebody. Like we're good now, right? We're good. I I'm a good person now, right? I'm not as bad as some people. Hey, we're good, we're good, right? Right now, God, right? We're good? Just let me tell you, no, <laughs> we're not good. I'm not ever good. 
None of us were good. We are pathetic sinners in the, in the sight of a holy God. Our sin separates us from God. God is the one who is good. And because God is good, God did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. He sent Jesus, the sinless son of God, who stepped past Peter, right? He stepped past Peter who loved him and he tried to talk him out of it and he became obedient to death on a cross and he shed his blood so that whoever calls on his name after he was raised from the dead would be forgiven, would be changed, would be healed, would be transformed. And there are those of you today, you've never fully given your life to him and that's why you're here. So today, surrender every bit, all of you, all of your life, you say, you know what, Jesus, take my life. Forgive me, make me new. I hold nothing back. I give my whole life wholly and completely to you. If that's your prayer today, would you just lift your hands with me right now? Just lift them up high right now. I see that hand up here in the front. I see that hand right there. God bless you. You can put them down. Anyone else? I see that hand over here on this side. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand in the back. God bless you too. Who else? I see that hand in the back. Fantastic. Who else today says, yes, I want to I surrender my heart to Jesus today. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me, everybody. And I want everybody to pray aloud and pray this prayer like you mean it. Everybody pray aloud. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you. Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Make me new. I am a sinner who needs a Savior. I surrender my life. I surrender my past. I surrender my present. I surrender my future to you. Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you always. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, would you get loud with me? Would you worship God? Would you welcome those born into the family? Yay. I just want to tell you, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you mark the calendar, the calendar, the card, sorry, calendar, card that Abdiela mentioned earlier. It's in the back, in the seat.